is Run Hunter. Brought to you by Raider Media. Coming up on the show, I speak to Susanna Gill, the woman who conquered seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. We look ahead to Joburg's toughest 21K. Steve Hill discovers Jabra headphones while Darren Cubal Brom updates us on his comrade's journey. And we find out more about one of the oldest clubs around, Rockies. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening, as always. Great response to last week's episode, which featured Shanae Bossman, who's hunting Comrade's winner's medal, number two. Also featured was Vitality Running Club, and they very kindly sponsored a fitness hamper to someone who could identify how many members they had. Congratulations, Bruce Boshoff in the Cape. You'll be getting your prize soon. Bruce correctly answered 20,000 members. But uh, as the head of Vitality, Craig Nossel, pointed out last week, they're aiming for 40k by the end of the year. If you want to get hold of us, info at radar.media will do it or drop me a tweet at Derek Alberts1. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, last recap from last week, I chatted to Bruce King, who organized the Jeppy Marathon. The race went brilliantly as expected, despite losing their naming sponsor. Congratulations to Leswena Africa Malelo from Nedbank, winning in a time of 2 hours, 25 minutes and 9 seconds. On the ladies' side, Cornelia Hubert from Boxer came out on top, 2 hours, 24 minutes and 20 seconds. Congrats to the winners. If anyone out there is looking to be a naming sponsor for an incredible race, get hold of Bruce King from Jeppy Running Club. So, that was last week, but this weekend, thousands will descend on Northcliffe here in Johannesburg as they look to ascend. Gonna hit the ground running. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, they say a half marathon is the most enjoyable distance for runners, and I have to concur, it uh, certainly tests you, but if you're relatively fit, you shouldn't have too many problems. However, this weekend, a 21 like no other hits the streets of Johannesburg again. It's the famed Pirates 21K, nicknamed Joburg's Toughest 21. I've done it before, and it certainly lives up to its reputation. Uh, with me on the line, Chairman of Pirates Road Running, David Case. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, excited for the weekend. Yes, Derek. Uh, I think it's going to be, be a good one. Um, we're looking at a, a record field this year, so lots and lots of runners running on our hill. You say a record field? How many are you expecting? Um, at this stage, uh, entries are just below 5,000. Entries are closed, but uh, that's the number we, we've sold and, and expecting 
feel slightly smaller than that. Obviously, injuries and, and illness and that, or just laziness plays a part in reducing the field on the day. You say entries closed, so no admittance on the day. No, no entries on the day. That's correct. Okay, now talk us through the route, uh, man. Uh, I, I'd like to relive it again, um, virtually, but unfortunately, I got to do it physically again on Sunday. Well, well, Derek, I mean, you've done it before. You know that it's it's actually quite easy. I mean, the last seven k's are the easiest you'll find on any course. But nice. uh, yeah, the, the route is all about the three hills and and. Three of potentially the bigger hills in Joburg. Um, and the first one comes almost as the gun goes. So within the first K, um, runners are tackling a very long hill up to the top of Linden. And then from there, it's just up and over Northcote Hill. So I think you start elevation at around the 1,500 mark or just short of 1,600 and you climb up to almost uh, 1,800. So that's a gain of, what, 350, 370-odd? Yes, uh, total, total elevation climb on the route as measured by any of the fancy running watches. Probably comes around 410 meters, 420 meters of climbing across the, the 21K route. Tell us about the history of uh, the Pirates 21. Yeah, so Pirates itself, uh, the sports club is quite ancient in terms of Joburg terms. I think Joburg was starting... 1886, Pirates uh, Sports started in 1888, uh, can date its roots back to Pirates Club in, in Kimberley. But Pirates Road Running is a, a little newer, facing our roots back to 1977. They formed as an offshoot of a number of other running clubs in the area and hosted the first mountain race in 1978. Um, this year's race is going to be the 42nd edition of the event. Uh, route is unchanged over all those years. And I love when you get to the top and you're greeted by that, I'll say a finish line, it's not exactly that, but uh, by the King of the Mountain banner. Yes, that's, that's pretty special. Uh, always the most festive uh, water point. I think uh, there's, a, there's a range of emotions that runners may feel when they get there. I hope most of it is, is happiness, but uh, I think sometimes we see a bit of sadness and even sometimes a bit of anger. Um, but definitely... Definitely a relief once you're up there and you know the climbing's behind you. And I suppose a relief for you guys once it's over. I know that you say you've been hosting it for many years, but that doesn't mean that you can do it in your sleep. Logistically, many challenges involved. And given its popularity, I mean, you can imagine that a lot of people are expecting the best as they have experienced in the past. Yeah, I mean, it does put pressure on us. Uh, I mean, running as a sport is in a boom we've seen big numbers at, at all events and, and we're cognizant of that. The challenge for us is, is the race is put on by a bunch of volunteers. No one works, four pirates road running, so everyone has to find time, make time to, to put the race in their schedule. But fortunately, you know, there is a bit of experience and, and we do have um, some some wise head that we can tap into every now and again and, and put on another great event. David certainly is one of the most iconic races in Johannesburg on the running calendar. For those that missed out, you say entries on our close. How soon after the race finishes can they enter for 2020? Um, so we're just in the process of tying up a sponsor for 2020. We're running this year's event without a sponsor. Um, and as soon as we get a sponsor, we'll be able to, to put it out. Um, saying that entries are closed, substitutions are still open. So, you know, if you're looking for an entry, 
maybe the trick is to, to find an injured friend or, or maybe injure a friend. I don't know if that's a, an ethical possibility, but, but we definitely allow substitutions. We want, want every entry sold to, to be represented by someone on the route on, on Sunday. Dave, just on the subject of the sponsors, I chatted to the organizers of the Jeppy Marathon who lost their naming sponsor after many, many years involved, and they spoke about the financial hit they took. Uh, I, I suppose that would have been the same for you guys, however, the show must go on. I think to an extent, um, we haven't been reliant on sponsors for a number of years. We've run, run our races with, with title sponsors, but on very low, low requests from those sponsors just in terms of or in return for some uh, marketing exposure for them. So for us, the, the budget um, doesn't really require sponsorship. Um, our main aim is that whatever the runners pay, they must get back on, on race day through, through medals and, and um, water points and, and experience that they, that they enjoy on the day. Brilliant. Well, Dave, thanks so much. Chairman of Pirates Road Running, it is the Pirates 21, Joburg's toughest 21, taking place at 6 a.m. on Sunday from Pirates, and uh, it certainly does live up to its reputation. Make sure to take a selfie of yourself when you get to the top at the King of the Mountain, 14 Ks in, one of the most iconic races on the running calendar in Gauteng. Dave, thanks so much, and have a great race. Pleasure, Dave. Thanks a lot. Gonna hit the ground running. Now on to this week's big interview. British runner Susanna Gill, who accomplished something simply sensational a few days ago. Gonna hit the ground running. About two years ago, I ran my very first marathon. Since then, I've run the grand total of one. Terrible. But now, Susanna Gill, she's run over 45 marathons and a number of ultras, but more importantly, she recently ran seven marathons in seven days on seven continents in a record time. She conquered the World Marathon Challenge, better known as the Triple Seven, in a time of 22 hours, 15 minutes and 42 seconds. She's from Britain and uh, we're very lucky to have her on the line. Susanna, firstly, how are you feeling? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I've been back in the UK for about three days, so I think it's just starting to sink in. Um, but the reaction from everyone's been amazing. I think it's it's really captured people's imaginations that um, you know a group of sort of ordinary people, there were forty of us, can go and go and do such an extraordinary challenge across a week. Tell us a bit more about the event. I've read a bit about it uh, myself over the last couple of years. I mean, it only came into our imagination, I think, in the early 2000s. And uh, since then, uh, not many have competed in it. Uh, I stand to correction, but I think in the region of around 200. Um, I mean, logistically, it must be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I mean, the first person to do it was Sir Ronald Fiennes in 2003. So he sort of set the benchmark. And then a few people did it um, off their own backs with, with commercial airlines in the following years. But it's really become a thing since World Marathon Challenge set up in 2015. So I think this is the fourth year they've done it, uh, fifth year. And um, they coordinate the flights for you and organise where you're going. Uh, so really, as the runners, it's just our job to do the running and, and get our, keep ourselves in one piece and then obviously get through airports and, and onto the flights and re- try and relax and eat as much as you can in between uh, and make sure, crucially, that we all get around the world in, in the 168 hours that we've got to complete the challenge. 
Now, you started in Antarctica, you ended up in Miami. Uh, Antarctica, you finished second, but after that, you, you won every race, uh, the, the final six of them. Um, talk us through each leg, and uh, if, you, if you don't mind, and also the toughest and the easiest, uh, as far as you were concerned. Yeah, I mean, for me, Antarctica was probably the toughest because running on the snow was really, really hard work. It's quite unlevel and quite uneven. And then you get icy patches. So you've got to be quite sharp and and try and get into a very different type of rhythm than you have if you're running on tarmac. Um, and the, I mean, the girl that won it there, Christina from Denmark, she was a trail runner and she, she made it look very easy. I definitely didn't. Um, so it was quite a relief to fly back overnight and uh, get back onto the pavements of Cape Town. Um, but they had their own challenges because it was very very hot that morning there wasn't a cloud in the sky and it was it was 30 plus degrees um so that was quite a contrast from the evening before in, in antarctica and then we went on to perth and the other places where we actually did all of our runs at night time because that's just how the schedule ended up working out so quite different from normal because i don't normally end up starting a run at 12 45 a.m as we did in dubai for example um so we became quite nocturnal kind of sleeping and eating on the plane in daytime uh, and then just just running at night and um you, you sort of lost track of time really apart from how long it took you to each run to each uh, to run each marathon um but we all kept each other going and it was it was just the most wonderful and unique experience okay so you had uh yeah cape town perth you went on to dubai madrid santiago and uh, as mentioned you finished in miami i, I think if i'm not mistaken my uh, madrid was your fastest time three hours 11 minutes and 49 seconds uh, uh, a nice one over there in spain yeah, we arrived there. It was actually pretty cold that day. It was only about freezing and we were on the racetrack at Madrid. Uh, and again, Christina and I, we, we got racing. I don't I don't think it was in my plan to put my fastest race in uh, for leg five, but we, we were being really competitive and it actually came down to a sprint finish in the end, which I won by only 13 seconds. Um, so that that was a really tough race, but luckily we then had a decent flight time to Santiago, uh, where we did the six leg, which I'm pleased to say we, we slowed it down a little bit because um, I don't think we had it in us to do an, to do another such fast time as we'd done in Madrid. Obviously, being based in South Africa, I have to ask about Cape Town. You spoke about it briefly, but uh, how did you enjoy that part of, of the the triple seven? Uh, no, the yeah, the triple seven. I loved it. I've been to Cape Town before. I've run the Two Oceans Marathon a few years ago. So I, I knew that I was delighted that we'd be based in Cape Town for the couple of days before we left for Antarctica and then be back there running a marathon. And just everything's great. You know, the food, drink, people, everyone's very welcoming. The sun shines. I mean, as a contrast from pretty grey old London, it was a wonderful few days. Couldn't, couldn't have been nicer. Glad to hear about your performance in the two oceans. Uh, we've got it coming up again uh, in, in a month or two's time. Uh, any chance of seeing you back here? Oh, if there was an excuse. I think I'd better stay put for a while, but um, I'm sure I'll be back maybe for that. And I haven't, I haven't ticked off Comrades, which is obviously another iconic, iconic ultramarathon. So I shall be back in South Africa at some point running, I very much hope. Well, I was just about to ask that. Uh, you led me into my next question. I mean, Comrades Marathon, if you're going to run any race in South Africa or the world, I mean, it's got to be uh, the Comrades. You mentioned the other big one, uh, Two Oceans. But yeah, uh, are we likely to see you uh, in the run between Durban and Peter Maritzburg in the near future? Well, I, I was. I always thought Comrades sounded so unbelievably tough. I wasn't sure I could do it. But given what I've done in the last week, I'm sure I'm pretty, pretty much running out of excuses. So, yeah, I think it's, it's got to go pretty high up on the to-do list. Yeah, I was going to say. Now, uh, despite running like one, you by no means a professional. You still have to juggle your running and training with a full-time job. 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm sat here at the moment in the office uh, back at work this morning. It's great. All my colleagues were really supportive, um, you know, loved what I did. And I actually think I work better because I run and I probably run better because I've got a day job as well. So, you know, I think everyone knows that running is just a great way to unwind after a day's work. I certainly enjoy it. So I think I think they both complement each other. And then you just have to be quite efficient to fit it all in. And what do you do as a profession? So I work in betting and horse racing. Um, so very sporty, which is great because when you then step up to do something like World Marathon Challenge, you're kind of in an environment where people people understand what you're doing. They they love sports. Um, and in fact, the office were tracking my progress around the world, and they had a scoreboard up on up on, up in the office following where I was doing. And just couldn't say couldn't have been more supportive. I was also raising money for Sports Aid, which is a fantastic charity that supports our next generation of athletes here in Great Britain. And I've had counting to date, I've had over eight thousand pounds worth of donations from lots of people, lots of friends and family and people I know, but lots of people that I don't know as well. Uh, so, you know, huge thank you to everyone that's, that's donated there. So I think, as I said, it's just captured the imagination and, and people, I hope people see that if someone like me can achieve something like this, then actually anyone can really achieve what they want to do if they work hard enough and they really enjoy it. Was it your first time taking part in the Triple Seven? Absolutely. God, I wasn't. Yeah, I thought about it for a long time last year before I finally committed in the summer. And then I did five months of really solid training uh, for it. Um, it was it was a big undertaking. But if anyone's keen to do it, I just couldn't recommend it highly enough. I, I, what was your training schedule like uh, heading up to to this massive uh, event, this massive task? And, and also, I, I can imagine something like this uh, doesn't come cheap. No, it doesn't come cheap, but uh, that's what paying off mortgages and things are for, working working hard and doing the things you love. Uh, and in terms of training, it was just basically doing something every day. So in the week, I did quite a lot of sprint intervals to try and get my heart and lung capacity bigger and stronger, because that's what makes you enables you to go faster for longer. And then at the weekends, I just did all of my long runs. So a typical weekend would be a three-hour run on a Saturday and then a four-hour run on a Sunday. So you just get loads of miles in your legs uh, and you learn what it's like to just be running for a long time and doing it when your legs are starting to get tired Uh, and then I I raced plenty of marathons as well because I think it's a lot more fun to go out and run with other people everyone's competitive and everyone runs much better if you put your put your number bib on and and go and race with other people so it was a pretty full-on five months but I loved it and we spoke about the logistics, but I can just imagine you finish a race. How much time do you have to rest before getting into the aeroplane? Um, is it a private charter? I mean, it has to be. Uh, do you have plenty of space in which you can relax and actually get a good night's sleep before you land? Once you land, I mean, is it hitting the tarmac immediately? Do you get a bit of time to acclimatize? Also taking into account altitude, time-wise, etc. I mean, I just can't wrap my head around it, doing seven in seven days and seven continents. We were very lucky. We were looked after really well by Titan Airways uh, and their crew. We had sort of probably three different crews with us around the world uh, and they were just brilliant. So, you know, after each race, it was just a case of finding a shower if there was one available, getting loads of warm clothes on and eating food. And we'd get through the airport and back on the plane as quickly as we could. And then, you know, you just you learn to make the plane like home, really. Um, 
it wasn't quite like it wasn't flat beds but the seats were still pretty comfortable and we had a duvet and you just go and try and get sleep and then the crew put up with some fairly odd requests from us all so quite a lot of bags of ice for joints that were aching uh we'd all lie around on the floor using the foam rollers to try and get our muscles to relax uh some people slept on the floor because they found that more comfortable than the seats um so yeah we it, it really became home from home and we were looked after very well lots of food i mean trying to eat enough food when you get to marathon five six and seven were quite hard because you're just burning so many calories um you're just eating kind of salty nuts and chocolate and things to keep you going in between the meals that you're given as well um and but it's amazing how well your body adapts to it once you once you get into a rhythm of it and you you learn you know what food you need to eat and and you get some sleep um and you keep each other going you know we were all very much a team I, I wouldn't it's not the sort of challenge I'd enjoy doing by myself, but when you're with 40 other people um, and everyone's doing it for their own reasons and at their own pace and there's a competitive but really supportive spirit, it's just the most wonderful experience. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. Uh, very tough, but uh, extremely rewarding at the end. Now, you mentioned Sport Aid, uh, Sports Aid, uh, a great charity that you ran this for, raising money for them. Uh, I can imagine that it's still ongoing. And if so, uh, how can listeners contribute to, to the cause? Oh, very generous if any if anyone does want to contribute. Um, the details are on my Twitter page, which is at the Iron Lady Runs, or I've got a just the Just Giving page is Susanna Dash Gill Dash Seven Seven Seven. Um, and I say I've been been overwhelmed by the support so far, and I know that all the funds will get used really well to support our next generation athletes and, and make sure those people get a fair chance at fulfilling their poten- uh, potential. At the Iron Lady Runs, and that hints at uh, many more events in the future. I mean, wh- what's next uh, for Susanna Gill? Oh, that's the most difficult question, actually, that I've been asked because it's been such an amazing challenge that I've built up to. I've got a couple of marathon entries. I'm going to have a go at running Manchester and I'm going to run London marathons again in April. Uh, and then I'll just, the, the, the joy of running is there are so many things out there that I can do. Um, some more of the big big city marathons in the world you know boston chicago tokyo i haven't done any of them uh all go and do there'll be some other crazy challenge that that takes my fancy so but for the moment i'll just get fit and healthy again get out running and uh yeah see where it all takes me well you did say it already but i can't let you go without confirming it uh you've got to say comrades yeah, I mean, that that is right up there in the top two or three, I think. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got no excuses not to come and do it now. I'd love to. Ah, great to hear. Susanna Gill, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, rest up. Uh, enjoy your day back at the office. Great to hear that your colleagues uh, treated you to a hero's welcome, as they should. That record time, once again, 22 hours, 50 minutes and 42 seconds, competing seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Uh, have a great day further. And, yeah, hopefully we'll see you in South Africa once again, but this time over in KwaZulu-Natal. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love that. Going to hit the ground running. What a truly incredible performance. Now, some say he has a gadget for every step he takes out on the road. Others say he never goes a day without humming whams, I'm your man, out loud. It's our gadget guru, Steve Hill. The Tech Session with Steve Hill. Always on the line, Steve Hill. Steve, what you got for us? Hey, Derek, thanks. Uh, we had a look initially at an app for everybody. Then we've touched on security. And today we're going to have a look at what makes people move. Music. Now, how does that fit into running? Well, on your headphones, of course. 
And trust me, one of my certified fetishes is headphones. Over ear, in ear, around the ear, long cables, short cables, wrap around, clip on. My collection is endless and I'm never happy. And that's why I've tried so many, which eventually led me to Jabra. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jabra is well known for high quality audio and they claim several of the world's first in audio, including the first Bluetooth headset and the first sports headphones with integrated heart rate monitors. Uh, I've run several times with the Jabra Elite Sport. Yes, it's, it's amazing. And it's definitely worth considering if you want good quality audio, a very good battery life, and, of course, like I said, Bluetooth, a truly wireless experience. It also has a new feature, uh, the hear-through technology, where you can set the amount of uh, ambient sound that, that comes in, touching on the security feature that we, we looked at last week with Run Angel, and it's a great addition for running. Uh, like I said, it allows you to listen to music while you hear the sounds of your surroundings, cars, hooters, people shouting to you, wherever you're running. It's, it's a good uh, feature to have. And then, obviously, key in today's world is integration with smartphones and apps and uh, you don't have to have a Jabra Sport app but uh, they do feature it for iOS on the iPhones and also all Android devices and the app does add quite a bit to your overall experience of the the Jabra Elite Sport. Um, I mentioned earlier as well that it had an in-ear heart rate monitor and that works with, or it can be paired with all the popular running apps like the RunKeeper from our first episode, others like Runtastic, Strava, and a few more that we'll feature in upcoming episodes, hopefully. And like I said, what, uh, what's nice about it, you can pair it with these apps, or you can use the Jabra Sport app if you, if you don't have any other app. And included in that are workout options, training plans. It's a pretty much an all-inclusive package as well, so you're getting good value for money there. And then if, if I just reviewed and, and searched online uh, myself for some reviews of, of heart rate from the, the in-ear heart rates versus the wrist-based, wrist-based heart rates that you get on, on the watches these days, consensus is that the Jabra appears to have uh, a few different peaks and values in measurements and, and wrist monitors are flatter and a whole bunch of technical mumbo-jumbo that I don't want to bore everybody with. Uh, but they say at the end of the day, they all pretty much within the same range. So the results from the in-ear heart rate monitor are relatively consistent and accurate, which is another plus. Um, so like I said earlier, the key reason that you want to run with headphones is to listen to music. And let's face it, it's 2019. Nobody wants to run with cables through their T-shirt sleeves and neck and twist it around everything. We all want to enjoy a cord-free setup. Bluetooth is the new norm, and these are really, really good. They have a good connection. It's easy. It's simple. It generally seems to work all the time. Uh, I've got to put a disclaimer in at this point, though. For all official races, if you haven't yet done one or you don't know how it works, headphones are not allowed for safety reasons. And this is generally well-policed and marshaled. I know you, Derek, have had first-hand experience of this. So unless you're planning to only be a social runner or not take part in any official run, please just bear that in mind when looking for headphones. And, I mean... Everybody knows Apple AirPods and their wireless and Bluetooth connectivity and how they've taken the world by storm. I saw a nice quote on um, while researching the, the, the Jabra. It says, these are the Apple AirPods for those who sweat. Uh, quick recap, the things about the headphones that are possibly not so good. 
they people say they um, they get a bit sore in your ear if you wear them for a long time. You struggle to find a perfect fit. And because they're so small and fit in the ear, they, you sometimes worry that uh, they're going to fall out and disappear. And you spend quite a bit of money on it. On the positive side of all of this, there are plenty of different fit options that come standard. Uh, there's a very impressive sweat proof and waterproofing on these headphones. Like I said, they're for people who sweat. They have a good battery life, uh, four hours plus. So it also doesn't lend itself to those who are social runners and not going to do very short marathons or ultra marathons. I mentioned the hear through mode. They are simple to control. They have a very good Bluetooth connection. And most importantly, for headphones and music, they have excellent sound quality. A full disclosure from my side, I, I'm a, a representative for Jabra, so I'm an ambassador for them. So I've been uh, sponsored by them for the last four or five years. I had no idea that you are going to do this show and speak about them, but I'm really glad oh, that you did. And, I mean, I, I can only speak from experience. I've loved them every step of the way. And I've actually got the new Jabra Elite in the palm of my hand now. It comes in a casing, and you charge it. Uh, along the way so you charge the case yeah. and you mentioned about four to five hours uh, per charge on the actual earphones but um, when they go back in their casing i think there's about three or four rotations before you actually need to physically charge the case again so yeah i think they say two two full charges within the case on okay, top of it so okay. that's yeah that's a, probably if you worked it out about another nine to ten hours on each on each ear as well Okay, yeah, no, and, and they've been a dream come true. I mean, I, I really, really enjoy them. Um, I don't use them too much out on the road. I use them uh, a lot on the treadmill. Although, I mean, you mentioned the, the sound-wise in terms of the loudness. I mean, I find them particularly loud. I, I find them perfect. It's that healthy balance between hearing the words of the song but also hearing your surroundings. And I was in a, a small town in Peru about a month or two ago called Arequipa, very, very high up, quite close to Bolivia. And uh, I was chugging along because the air is so thin and I was the only idiot running along the way. And uh, I actually heard a car accident, uh, not maybe 50 or 100 meters behind me. Uh, so I was able to catch that. But uh, apart from that, as mentioned, it's a healthy balance between being able to hear the song, but also being able to be aware of what's happening around you. Exactly, safety and security. I mean, we've touched on that last week as well. That's that's key for everything, and also abiding by the running rules and regulations in South Africa. So there you have it, uh, Derek Albert's personal endorsement, the Jabra Elite Sport. Very, very highly recommended. Thanks, Steve. Have a great run this weekend. Thanks, Derek. And just one more thing quickly: if you have a product or you have something technologically related that you would like us to feature, we do have our very own uh, email now. It is Run Hunter Tech. That's one word, runhuntertech at icloud.com. Send us some information. We'd love to feature your product. Thanks. Cheers. Goodbye. Fantastic. Runhuntertech at, oh, I, got the, I forgot the rest already. icloud.com. <laughs> Thank you. Chat you later. <laughs> Bye. Gonna hit the ground running. Now, while Steve's about to turn 40, Darren Brahms already turned that corner, but he's running like a 20-year-old, having lost 30 kilograms as he heads towards his 15th Comrades Marathon. Let's touch base with Cue Ball. Cue Ball's Comrades Corner. How's it, Derek? Yes, um, had a good weekend again. <clears throat> I did the club run on Sunday, only 15 kilometers. 
but again went out with the intention to push as hard as I could um, and for the first time in like forever I managed to break uh, one hour 30 over the 15 kilometer route uh, I started feeling it at the end though at the last three kilometers my legs were like really jelly but I carried on running and um, I think from a mental point of view that's brilliant that I managed to to just keep it going uh, right up until the end so uh, yeah fantastic run on the weekend unfortunate thing from that is I've picked up a slight niggle on my right hip and I'm hoping it's not too serious um, I have been running with a RTB injury on my left leg so I'm presuming that the problem I'm compensating a little bit and so my right hip for Monday and today has really hurt so I'm just resting it at the moment I'm not going to push anything not going to run at all do a little bit of gym work just to keep myself uh, going and um, let's hope that the injury itself isn't too serious and put me put me back because I can't afford to really go back. Um, I, like I say, I, I've started late this this year, and although I'm running pretty well, um, I can't afford to miss too many runs. Uh, so let's just hold hold thumbs that this isn't going to be a a disaster. Uh, coming up this weekend, I'm going to be doing the Pirates 21 kilometer. That's a real tough one. I think we've done it together before. Um, extremely hilly. So I'm looking forward to getting over those hills. My aim for the weekend is not to walk any of those hills, but to run at a sl slow, steady pace. I'm going to actually slow my run down this weekend. I think pushing these runs constantly isn't doing my body any favors. I know I want to get f faster, but um, <clears throat> the plan this weekend will be just definitely just to do it slowly. I'm not too slow. But it's just something that I can maintain and able to run the whole 21 kilometers. If I can do that, I'll be, I'll be extremely happy. Um, so let's just hope that this injury isn't too bad and that Sunday comes and I run and have a good run. But yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week and I'll let you know. Shot. Gonna hit the ground running. Thanks, Darren. Now finally, let's find out more about our Club of the Week. Club Commitments. Now, it's one of the oldest running clubs in South Africa, never mind in Johannesburg, established in 1975, making them 44 years old. I'm talking about Rockies, based in Parkview, in the city of gold. Joining me is the chairman of the club, Matodzi Chidzuma. Matodzi, uh, thanks for joining us. When you talk about historical running clubs, they don't get much more historic than yours. Uh, tell us a bit more. Correct. Um it has been a long time, since uh, 1975. Um, we have gone through the ups and downs of running clubs. We are one of the few largest community-based running clubs. Um, and the roots of the club is the com community members, and that's what keeps going, or keeps the, uh, the running club going. Quite a, a unique... From generation to generation, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, quite a unique name that you guys have, you guys and ladies. Uh, tell us a bit more about the origins of the name, the Rockies. It's quite an interesting story. Um, the, the six uh, guys who started the uh, Rockies Running Club in 1975, they were tough oaks, and there were lots of, they had to run through lots of rocks. And they used to call themselves as hard as a rock. And that's where the name of Rockies came from. 
I love that. Uh, uh, would you describe yourself as being hard as rock? I'm hard as rock. I'm not very fast, but I have endurance to last the whole comrade. Love it. Matozi, how long have you been a member of Rockies? Uh, Ten years exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and how many members uh, does the club have? Um, around 360. Um, and that's the stadium number. Sometimes we go to 420. But um, uh, 360, 370 is an average membership uh, number. Um, with the ups and downs of the economy, it also affects if members join or not. So when the economy is doing good, our membership also does good. Fair enough. And uh, how, what does it take to join Rockies? How much does it cost? Uh, how does one go about uh, becoming a member? Um, it's very easy if um, the public wants to check our website. We have all the um, Rockies joining from there as well as the ASA license form. Um, and we are very proud that um, our membership is one of the lowest in housing. Um, to join Rockies in these suburbs, um, it costs a person 550 rand. If it's a couple, then it's a 1,000 rand. And we charge 250 per scholar or student. Um, and we are very active on Facebook as well as Twitter. Um, and if you want to check us there, the name is Rockies, uh, Rocky Roadrunner, um, as well as our Twitter hang. And then you can get information from there. Now, as always is the case, um, you most clubs have to organize their own runs, uh, at least one annually, and uh, you certainly have, but uh, not just the one run, you're also involved with um, a very popular run as well in the area over at uh, Joburg Zoo. Correct, correct. On an annual basis, our biggest race we organize is Gerald Fox uh, Memorial Services, um, and it's been going on for more than 15 years now. Um, and the participants have grown from 4,000 to 9,000 as of uh, 2018. Um, and that's very, very good for us. Um, it's a run in a very safe environment. We run on a quiet street and we finish at the zoo. And on a yearly basis, we make a contribution to zoo, to the Johannesburg Zoo from the proceeds of the race. And with the leftovers of the race, we run our elite unemployed elite runners program where we support unemployed elite runners. Um, and it's also our way of giving back to the sport. Yeah, you, you guys do a fantastic job uh, with your club. And uh, as mentioned regarding the, the Johannesburg Zoo, you're also involved with the Zoo Trot, which has become immensely popular in Johannesburg. Yes, um, every month um, we, together with Johannesburg Zoo, we host the Zoo Trot, and it's a five-kilometer run. You can run or you can walk, and that's where we encourage uh, family members to participate. The young and the old, they can come and walk. The best way of getting the young people tired for the day, more special on the weekend, and we hold it every second week of the month. Um, and it has been going from strength to strength. And I tell you what, they get extremely tired. And it's not just the youngsters, because it may be 5Ks, sure. but it's, it's not an easy 5Ks. It's uh, one of the tougher fivers that you, you're likely to find around. 
True, true. And and what we do because um, uh, half of our membership they like running company, so we go there and run laps of fast case. Um, sometimes we run six, sometimes we run eight, and we also after that then people sit around and they have picnic in the zoo, and they also take the chance to show the kids the zoo animals, and it becomes a nice uh, family event at the zoo. It really is. You get to enjoy the scenery while taking in uh, a, a lot of fitness over a tough five-kilometer five kilometer route. And uh, Matodzi, you, you also hold time trials. And uh, unlike uh, other time trials, which I've experienced, uh, which is during the week, you have yours on weekend, which uh, I thoroughly enjoy. Um, uh, that's very true. Um, our time trials is hold, it's held every Saturday at 7 in the morning in front of Moyo's restaurant. Um, and uh, it's a five-kilometer loop, um, and we encourage every member of the society and community to come and run uh, the tram tram. It's free of charge, um, and it's the best way also to explore the zoo lake uh, when you're running, because it's far away from the busy roads, and it's around the, uh, the zoo lake. Um, and um, our members are very loyal to it, um, and the community members will also come and run. Um, and it's a perfect way to start the morning or to start the weekend. So you can take on a time trial on Saturday around the zoo, and then uh, every second Sunday you can join up for the zoo trot. Uh, that's as part of uh, the Rockies Correct. experience. Uh, and, and finally, Matodzi, uh, your kit colors, and where exactly are your headquarters? Um, we are based in um, Johannesburg Zoo Lake Sports Club. Um, we're also in the process of moving to be based near um, Zoo Lake Moyos. Um, and the, the reason why we, we want to move closer to Moyos is because we are working on a, a separate project where we want to introduce family run. Um, it will be like um, a four-kilometer run within the Zoo Lake clearly marked. And the members of the communities, they can come and run it anytime, but we'll administer it. Um, and our club colors is uh, red and white and blue. Red, white and blue. You can't miss them out on the road. Members of Rockies, as mentioned, uh, 1975 established and still going strong. You can check them out on their website. It's a great website. In fact, extremely informative. Rockies.co.za. Also, as Matozzi mentioned, very prevalent on social media. So if you want to join, just uh, log on or give them a ring and uh, the rest uh, will be taken care of. Matozzi, thanks so much for joining us and uh, happy running. Yay, thank you very much. And let's um, go for a run whenever you have a chance. It would be nice to run together with new faces. I'd love to. I'll be there soon and I'll bring my three-year-old daughter with her for that zoo trot. Yes, she'll do a, a one-lap run. Uh, no, guaranteed. Although she'll probably outlap me, but uh, I'll blame it on her. <laughs> Thanks, Matozzi. Well, no problem. Well done. Thanks. Cheers. That wraps up the show. Thanks for listening as always. Keep the messages flying at Derek Alberts1 on Twitter or info at Raider.media. That's R-A-Y-D-E-R.media. Or that email address that Steve mentioned, I'll get it right this time, runhuntertech 
at iCloud.com. Have a great week up and road. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Run Hunter, brought to you by Raider Media. 